0: This is Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 68, The Amazing Race. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech-language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to the Building Resilience podcast. I am happy to have you here. I want to welcome any new listeners to the podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here. And I want to thank the people who have consistently been hanging in there, listening to me, helping this podcast grow, leaving reviews. I really, really appreciate it. And if you haven't had a chance to leave a review, I would just love it if you would be able to go over and just leave a review because that helps other people find the podcast and for the podcast to grow even more. So if you can do that, I would so appreciate it. Now today we're going to talk about The Amazing Race. The Amazing Race has always been one of my favorite shows. If you've ever watched a show Basically what it is, is people race around the world all to get to a finish line where if they win, they win a million dollars. And along the way they travel, they travel about 10 different countries. And I think maybe about 16 different cities and they have to perform challenges along the way. And they call these challenges roadblocks and detours. And sometimes they have to do these tasks together. And sometimes just one partner has to do the task. Now in each city, they have a chance of being eliminated from the race. They eliminate a team every city or almost every city. Sometimes it's a non-elimination round. But when every team is eliminated except for three, then the final three race to the finish line and have the chance of winning the million dollars. Now, obviously winning the race and getting the million dollars is something that everybody wants. And the team who wins hugely celebrates. But what about the people who don't make it to the final three? Or what about the last two that don't make it First to the finish line. Is it worth them running the amazing race? Like, do they have any reward? If you knew that you had no chance of winning, in fact, they guaranteed that you would not win, would you still do it? Would you still race? What if you knew you would be eliminated after the eighth country, or maybe the sixth or the fourth? What about if you were the first team eliminated? Would you enter the race or not? So I'm talking about this today because this came up when I was coaching a client and she was talking about the finish line, her finish line. She was talking about the end result. She was even worrying about the end result, the final destination. How was she going to get there? Where would it be? What roadblocks and detours was she going to have to go through? Would she be eliminated? I encouraged her to stop thinking about the end destination and just start focusing on the city that she's in. Focus on the challenges that she has now. She doesn't need to figure out how to get to the finish line right now. She just needs to finish this leg of the race. And along the way, enjoy this leg of the race as well. Because honestly, the best part of the amazing race is not the final destination. It is the race. It's all the experiences that they have along the way. It's how they get to know each other. And how they get to know themselves as they face the challenges. We watch the amazing race, not just for the end destination to see who the winner is. We watch the whole show for the journey, for the race. So obviously this episode is not just about the amazing race, although I do love it so much. We used to watch it religiously with our kids because we love to travel. And so it was fun to see so many places and we love to talk about the dynamics of all the relationships. It was really a great opportunity to do that. And Rob and I started watching it again recently. We haven't watched it in a while, so it's really nice to be watching it again. But today I want to talk more about the journey that we are all on. Now, a couple of years ago, I read a really great book called The Practicing Mind by Thomas Sterner, and it addresses exactly what I'm talking about in The Amazing Race Analogy. We often talk about setting goals in life, and goals are important to set. Goals give your brain something to focus on, provide it structure and direction, so they are a good thing. We want to have goals. However, we have an unhealthy habit of making the product or our intended result, the goal, instead of the process of reaching our goal. We make it all about the destination instead of also focusing on the journey. So what happens is we can become fixated on what our intended goal is and completely miss out on the joy in the process of achieving it. We think that there is some magical point that we will reach and then we'll be happy. And then we look at the process of getting there as an inconvenience or simply the means to a greater end. It's kind of like focusing on that final city of the amazing race. Of course, the million dollars too, but the whole point of the amazing race is to get there. The amazing cities, the challenges, the experiences you see and do along the way, never mind the relationships that develop, what you learn about yourself and your partner. So what are the benefits of focusing on the process? Well, it's actually a paradox because when you focus on the process, the desired product usually takes care of itself with ease. If you focus on doing your best on each leg of the race, focus on working through each challenge, paying attention to the moment you were in, working as a team to get stronger, you are more likely to win a leg and to keep going in the race. When you focus on the process, what you're doing in that exact moment, you actually are always in the present. And then you're always where you want to be and doing what you quote unquote should be doing. All your energy goes into the doing. But when you focus your mind on where you want to end up, so the final destination, you're never actually where you are. And then you exhaust your energy with where you think you should be rather than where you are. You're not in the present. You're constantly living in the future or trying to live in the future that doesn't even exist yet. The only time guaranteed is the moment you are in now. Now, this doesn't mean that you lose touch with what you're aiming for. You always want to use your final goal as kind of like the rudder to steer you, but not as the only indicator as to how you're doing. You keep that finish line in your mind. You know that it's your goal. It's not like you lose track of the destination. Another way of putting it, your goals are a compass, not the buried treasure. The goal is not the destination or where you end up, but rather the compass that guides the journey. Now, while we're talking about focusing on the process, I want to share with you different ways that you can focus on the process. Now, you can be involved in learning or you can be involved with practicing. So you engage in the process through learning or through practicing, or ideally both. Now, do you think that there really is a difference between learning something and practicing something? Because learning and practice are kind of similar words and concepts, but they are not the same. And Sterner, in his book, The Practicing Mind, he helps us see the difference. He says the word practice implies the presence of awareness and will. When we practice something, we are involved in the deliberate repetition of a process with the intention of reaching a specific goal. The words deliberate and intention are important words here because they define the difference between actively practicing something and passively learning something. Practice, then, in essence, encompasses learning. Whereas learning, on the other hand, does not encompass practice. Learning can be considered a bit more passive, whereas practice is active. Learning is more about consuming. It's about reading and watching and observing. And all these things are important, but they don't lead to results. Practice involves taking what you have learned and applying it. It's about creation, making, doing, creating, taking action, leading to results and change. And guess which one is going to have the biggest effect of rewiring your brain? Well, obviously practice. You can learn all you want to learn about how to swim on YouTube. You can read about how to swim. You can watch other people swim. You can sit by the pool. But until you practice, until you jump in that water and actually try to swim, you're not really creating the pathways for change. So you really do want your process to be focused on the practicing. And you really want to be focused on the process as opposed to the destination, because keeping yourself focused on the process allows you to stay in the present. It allows you to enjoy going from city to city. It allows you to enjoy the roadblocks and the detours. It allows you to develop that relationship with yourself and with others, to be vulnerable, to build confidence, strength, resilience. So this can be summed up with the saying that there is no destination in life. Life is the destination. You don't need to be in a rush to get to the finish line. Enjoy the journey. It's all about the journey. Now to wrap up today, I want to share with you one of my favorite poems. The poem is Ithaca by C.P. Cavafy, and it's translated by Edmund Keeley and Philip Sherrod. As you set out for Ithaca, Hope your road is a long one, full of adventure, full of discovery. Lestragonians, Cyclops, angry Poseidons, don't be afraid of them. You'll never find things like that on your way. As long as you keep your thoughts raised high, as long as a rare excitement stirs your spirit and your body. Lestragonians, Cyclops, wild Poseidons, you won't encounter them unless you bring them along inside your soul, unless your soul sets them up in front of you. Hope your road is a long one. May there be many summer mornings when, with what pleasure, what joy, you enter harbors you're seeing for the first time. May you stop at Phoenician trading stations to buy fine things, mother of pearl and coral, amber and ebony, sensual perfume of every kind. As many sensual perfumes as you can. And may you visit many Egyptian cities to learn and go on learning from their scholars. Keep Ithaca always in your mind. Arriving there is what you're destined for. But don't hurry the journey at all. Better if it lasts for years, so you're old by the time you reach the island, wealthy with all you've gained on the way, not expecting Ithaca to make you rich. Ithaca gave you the marvelous journey. Without her, you wouldn't have set out. She has nothing left to give you now. And if you find her poor... Ithaca won't have fooled you. Wise as you will have become, so full of experience, you'll have understood by then what these Ithacas mean. So set off for your Ithaca, your amazing race. Enjoy the journey along the way. I'm happy we have met, and I hope we will meet again in another city along our journey. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.